like most people these days, I'd say 90% of the TV I watch, I watch through a streaming network. And a lot of that is through Hulu. Some of my favorite TV shows like Letterkenny and Shorzy, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, What We Do in the Shadows, plus great movies. And you can even get live TV, including sports. I'm a big sports guy, love watching live sports. So if you don't have Hulu yet, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, maybe you have more of a life than I do, but if you like to watch quality TV, quality movies, and live sports, then head over to cultofsplat.com slash Hulu for a free trial of Hulu. That's cultofsplat.com slash Hulu. This morning and this morning, good morning. Whatever it is. <laughs> or afternoon or evening or whenever the fuck you're listening to this. My name is Taylor Bartle. This is Cult of Splat, and I am here, of course, with my co-host Kevin Nesgoda. Yo, what is up? Oh, you know, just uh rock and roll. Oh, I love a good rock and roll, especially metal of the heavy variety. Heavy metal! Death to all butt metal. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Cult of Splat. Uh, thank you for joining us. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Um, so this is a podcast where we talk about movies that Rotten Tomatoes has decided are quote unquote rotten according to their tomato meter, but that one of us absolutely loves. Today, we are talking about the 1994 Rock and roll comedy, Airheads. Such a good rock and roll comedy. This is like on the heels of Wayne's World. And I think uh, this is Spinal Tap wasn't too... Uh, or Spinal Tap was 10 years before. What the hell am I talking about? I was going to say, Spinal Tap was the 80s, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all metal. Um, no, and it, it God, it's such a good rock movie. Great cast. Solid cast. Like It's kind of like, you know... Before a couple of them were big stars like Adam Sandler. This is like pre-Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and his, you know, A-list uh, stratospheric rise. Steve Buscemi is just kind of getting into it. And I think this is uh, Brendan Fraser's first um, solo lead, I believe, because before this was um, like Encino Man and all that good stuff. And I don't think he was quite leading man yet. So yeah, that was more of kind of an ensemble cast. Yeah. And you know, I'm glad Brendan Fraser's going to work again because everybody seems to love him, but for some reason he got blacklisted for a while just because he like did the mummy and bedazzled and money. Okay. He had a run of really bad movies <laughs> in the late nineties, early two thousands. There was also that thing where he, he like uh, uh, said one of the, top producers or something in Hollywood groped him and that kind of hurt his career, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah that shouldn't really. Un uh, yeah. Hurt the wrong person's career. Yeah. But you know, you know, a couple of producers are doing like significant jail time for groping people. So that's right. Is it really that out of question that something like that happened? I mean, Terry Crews also said the same thing happened to him. That's right. Yeah. So are we going to believe, you know, 
the rich 1% are we going to believe, you know, relatable people like Brendan Fraser and Terry Crews? I'm going to go with Brendan Fraser and Terry Crews. I mean, I have a hard time relating to Terry Crews because I don't look that fucking good. But No, that dude does not age and his packs bounce more than a basketball. Yeah, dude, you you could bounce a quarter off that ass. Yeah, it's and it's going to go through the ceiling. Yeah. That's, how, that's how tight that ass is. <laughs> we love you, Terry Crews, and we're not going to grope you. No, we will not grope you. Or Brendan Fraser, who we, we love Brendan Fraser. At least we I love do. Brendan Fraser. I was just recently rewatching Scrubs, and his uh, his <sighs> arc on that is so good. It is so good. I loved him in Scrubs. So the critics' score on Airheads is 27%. It's one of the higher movies we've done. <laughs> That's true. Uh, audience score right down the middle, 50 50. I, I feel this could have been a little higher. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah, I said surprised. Um, All right, Shabotsky. <laughs> I would have thought audience score would be higher. Usually, if it's like 50 50, it's like I, Slackers was 50 50. And we're like, okay, that makes sense because it's boy funny. I think this is kind of universally funny. I think it's pretty funny across the board. It has a love story. Um, it mm-hmm. has a lot of different elements that you know many people can enjoy. Plus, it has Lemmy. Fucking has Lemmy in this. Who is God? Rest in peace. The critics' consensus says there's a biting satire that keeps threatening to burst out of the well-cast airheads, but unfortunately, the end result lives down to its title in the most unfortunate ways. <sighs> That's not really fair, I feel. I mean, a lot of these guys are just having their first run at the top. So, you know, it's kind of like an NBA playoff team who goes to, um, you know, they're an eighth seed and they push the one seed to like six or seven games in the first round, but ultimately lose a close series. So I kind of feel it's like that in a way. It's like you see the promise in a lot of these guys and there's a lot of good veterans holding it up. But, you know, the young guys are going to have to take it eventually. Right. Am I way off base with this? I, I get what you're saying. I don't know if it's a perfect analogy, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> this was written by Rich Wilkes, who went on to write Triple X. That I was looking at that last night and I'm like, that doesn't pan out whatsoever. Yeah, that's uh that's a surprise. Yeah, and there's a couple other movies that I saw that he did that was um that I didn't really think were up his alley as well, com- considering what he did from here. Um Bulletproof 2. Bulletproof 2. I mean, he did The Dirt, which makes sense. It's right in, it's right in that wheelhouse. And he used to be like a Hollywood strip rocker guy, too, apparently. So, you know, I get that. But, you know, he did The Jerky Boys. What was his next movie after this? Um, what else? Yeah, it was just pretty much all the fucking triple X movies and Bulletproof. Well, he only wrote the first one. And then the other ones, he's just credited as characters. Oh, you're right. You're right. But still. But still, yeah. Uh, and then the director is Michael Lehman, who was just coming off Ed Wood. Damn. <laughs> this was his next movie after Ed Wood, which is a 93% on the tomato meter. That is a random arc. He also did Veronica Mars, too. Um, he did seven episodes of California Cation, which is an awesome show. He did 15 episodes of True Blood. He's got some, he's got some chops. He did some Dexter when it was actually good. Um, yeah, after after Airheads, he went on to direct The Truth About Cats and Dogs, which I think had uh, 
That fucking guy. Cusack, John Cusack. Yeah, it was a Cusack movie. I think it was people loved it. it had Uma Thurman, Jamie Foxx, uh, Janine Garofalo. I mean, that was David Cross. Jesus Christ, Bob Odenkirk. Wow. But you know, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk weren't big household names yet, like they are now. Dave and Bob were in the truth about cats and dogs. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember that movie whatsoever. He also went on to direct My Giant, starring George Murison. Does that smell like cabbage? Jigs dig it. <laughs> well, I think that's back-to-back episodes I've got to re- uh, reference at George Marison Snickers commercial. <laughs> that is the, the exact same reference, yeah. Exactly. I loved the Patrick Ewing Snickers commercial myself. I'm totally drawing a blank on that one. What's up, Ryan? <laughs> Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> now I remember it. <laughs> uh, this guy then went on to direct 40 Days and 40 Nights. And then some movie called Because I Said So, which is a 4%. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, he's done a lot more good TV than he has done good movies. Yes. There's a lot more tomatoes than splats in his TV. And he, oh, apparently he did all eight episodes of The Woman in the House Across the Street from The Girl in the Window. Did you watch that? Oh, that that was a fun show. Yeah. I I keep meaning to watch it. Joanna says she wants to watch it, but she hasn't watched it with me. It's pretty good. I need to check it out. I'm a fanboy of uh, Kristen Bell. Oh, yeah. She's great. Awesome. Uh, the IMDb synopsis, three band members hoping for a big break, head to a radio station to play their demo tape and wind up holding everyone hostage with plastic guns when the head DJ refuses to play them. That might be the best one we've had to date. Yeah, that like sums it up rather nicely. It's got all the pertinent details. Yep. It's right. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, that might be our best IMDb breakdown to date. Golf clap golf clap well done you yeah thank you whoever wrote that maybe they knew we were doing this movie and went ahead and fixed it for us probably not yeah. but you know what i like to think so i think we i like to think we're having that much of a cultural impact i'm sure 100 percent, right absolutely yeah because you know we're just blowing up the charts in south africa <laughs> not even in south africa anymore we fell down in south africa south africa get your shit together Pull it out of your ass, South Africa. We need you. Start listening again. Yeah. Go tell your friends. Go tell Dave Matthews. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'll go tell Dave Matthews. Yeah, he's like, he's your neighbor. <laughs> All right. Should we jump into things? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. We kick off the movie with the song Born to Raise Hell by Motorhead yeah. featuring Ice-T and Whitfield Crane from Ugly Kid Joe. That is so, like, I could see, like, Ice-T since, like, you know, um, kind of... Body Count. Body Count was a huge back in the early 90s. And they did, like, a, like, the original rap metalcore. Um, so, God, I love me some fucking Body Count. I want to listen to some Body Count after this. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, I love that song, though. Um, plus, Lemmy is just a fucking god. Did you ever listen to Ugly Kid Joe? Yeah, that one song. <laughs> I hate everything about you. Exactly. <laughs> it's the only thing that they played on KDOX back in the day, and I didn't like him enough to go buy a CD. 
Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, so we then pan out to KPPX Radio and their DJ Ian the Shark, played by Joe Montaigne. Oh, I love me some Joe Montaigne, too. I said, I said Joe Montaigne. <laughs> and he plays the new song by the band Sons of Thunder off their new album Scrambled Eggs and Wobbly Legs. That's a good metal name for an album. Is it? No, not really. <laughs> that um, sounds like a ska band or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we then cut to Palatine Records, and we see Brendan Fraser, who plays Chaz. Chaz Darby. Chaz Darby rolls up on his motorcycle, and he's dressed as a delivery man. And so he kind of sneaks past security, but security instantly recognizes him, even in this not-so-great costume. He, he puts on a hat and ties his hair back. I mean, he's got the shirt to match the hat, but still, yeah. yeah. And sunglasses, I guess, but... But the thing is, security is like, it's that guy in the in the delivery outfit again. It's that son of a bitch. He's tried this exact same move before. Same outfit and all. Well, so the name of the movie really kind of fits the character so far. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So he sneaks in the elevator uh, with uh, this... I, I don't know what this, if they're a band, I assume they're a band, but they're, I don't know if they're a ska band or a funk band or. 94 ska was starting to take off. It probably was ska. I mean, they also could just be like, they could be a rap group for all I know. It could be an alternative because they people, people were wearing weird shit back in 94. Yeah. These guys are all wearing denim vests and I think they were wearing like Zubas or something. Yeah. And these, like, cat-in-the-hat hats. Big, tall, red-and-white striped hats. And they cost their manager an arm and a leg for those hats, apparently. I don't think apparently. I've, yeah, I've never seen those hats, like, even back in the day, more than, like, five bucks. I do not like that stupid hat. I want to beat it with, with a hats. bat. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me you don't like my band, uh... The, the funk, the whole funk, and nothing but the funk. <laughs> like three or four more gigs from taking off. But their manager tells him, you know, just just go wild. Wild is good. If you feel like wetting yourself, just go with it. They like that kind of thing. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> nobody likes that. Yeah, nobody wants you to pee in their office. Especially, you know, back in the day when, you know, everybody had carpet. No one wants human urine in their carpet. But Chaz sneaks past the receptionist and we can hear her calling security or somebody and says the wacko's back. (laughs) And he sneaks up on Judd Nelson. God, Judd Nelson looks like such a fucking douche. I know he's got this like big giant soul patch. Hair's all slicked back. I, that was an impressive soul patch because it starts like right under his lip and goes all the way over, like in, engulfs his chin. And like it just goes, <laughs> that's also slick back. I don't know how far it goes down because he's constantly like looking straight and down. You never see him from an up angle, but I bet that went all the way to his neck. <laughs> Chaz tries to give him their demo tape and he says, you know, I can't take it. That's unsolicited material. The lawyers have a field day. Tries to give him, you know, tries to pawn it off, basically just saying, I would love to, but I can't because of the lawyers. Yeah, it's always the goddamn lawyer's fault. 
And so, you know, he sends Chaz on his way, tells him super duper, you know, like super duper skates. Yeah, super duper. Hey, good callback. Super duper. Thumbs up. Hey, buddy. I can't believe they've never heard of super duper. This is outrageous. <laughs> but, but so Chaz gets thrown out of Palatine. The guy like throws his demo on the ground, just smashes it. We see him back at his apartment, rocking out to some Aerosmith MTV music videos, because back in the day, MTV used to show music videos. I loved watching MTV back in the day, especially in the late 80s, early 90s. You had that like nice like transition into alternative and grunge, so you're still getting like Motley Crue and Motorhead, and then you get Nirvana and Soundgarden. My God, those were the days. And unfortunately, because Kurt Cobain was not viewed properly by my the city in which he and I are from, um, we had MTV, VH1, and Comedy Central banned for most of high school. What? Yeah, they took they took it off the local uh, TV station. Back when you know pre Comcast, when everybody had a, a local television station, yeah, they took away MTV, Comedy Central, and VH1 because they didn't want our youth. Um, identifying with Kurt Cobain. I didn't even know that was a thing that was possible. Uh, yeah, that it happened for three, four, maybe five years. But now they're like, oh, Kurt Cobain, hey, make us money. Yeah. Now that he's like, you know, 30 years dead. But anyway, fuck Aberdeen. <laughs> so Chaz's girlfriend Kayla comes home. Asks him if he mailed the rent check, and he says, "No, I didn't, because you didn't leave me a stamp." So yeah, I, I, I do that to my wife. So I, Chaz is kind of a piece of shit, and so is Kevin. So she knows where the stamps are. She knows I don't know where they are at. <laughs> and why do we need stamps? Everything gets paid online anymore. Well, yeah, this was 1994. You couldn't pay your, your shit online. Yeah, it's true. Online didn't exist yet, did it? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, I, it probably did, but it was like only the elite had it you know yeah and you had to probably put your phone into that little thing get the dial tone then you played you know war games with some computer and it was just all uh, just a big green screen you had to type in everything and you played number munchers for hours on end then you switched to sim city oh this was pre-sim city i think i think you're right yeah i don't think sim city had come out yet anyway Chaz says, you know, do you, do you have any idea what I've been doing all day? And she says, oh, let me guess. You rode your bike up and down Melrose and impressed all the teenage girls. And he's like, no, I was down at Palatine Records. And suddenly her mood just shifts. She's like, hey, now. Uh, he says, you know, I had a meeting with a big record executive. And she's like, oh, my God, babe, that's amazing. Like, did you give him the tape? And he said, oh, I was, I was just about to give it to him when the security guard showed up and ruined everything. I would have said, I attempted to but the lawyers said you know there's a just thousands of papers we have to fill out beforehand yeah like make something up don't yeah obviously you're a piece of shit human like you know rock star so obviously you're used to lying especially if you're riding your bike up and down melrose you know hitting on 15 year olds yeah no shit but so her mood not only flips back to where it was but it now it's amped up to 11 yeah to quote another rock and roll movie uh the uh, great, oh God, what's his name? David St. Hubbins? Hubbins? Hubbins. Yes. Christopher Guest. Yeah. But now, like, she's, you know, calling him every name in the book, telling him he's a loser, and kicks him out of the apartment, throws all his records over the uh, balcony, 
smashes his stereo. I'd be so mad. Yeah, and I mean, he didn't help because she was like, look, you're out there living the rock and roll life, and I, I want to live the rock and roll life too. And he tells her, look, I'm out there busting my ass, talking to promoters, talking to record label guys, talking to venue uh, owners. He said, you get to sit in a nice office all day smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. That's not a good thing to say. No. No. And then uh, she throws the, the demo at him. And he says, you're going to treat me like a necklace goober after I wrote this song for you. (laughs) I just love the term necklace goober. There are a lot of weird name calling in this movie. Yeah, there's some weird insults. But she says, you know, you wrote that song before you even met me. Goober. So, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that's just, you know, that kind of deep. Yeah. So Chaz goes and meets up with Rex, played by Steve Buscemi. This is a good look for Steve Buscemi, too. Yeah, it's like, I mean, thinking of what Steve Buscemi is now, it's such it seems like weird casting. Right, right. Yeah, because Buscemi is like an Oscar nominated, I think, now. And before, like in 94, like all we really seen of Steve Buscemi was this and like him being like the creepy guy in Billy Madison who was going to shoot people. Well, what year was Reservoir Dogs? Oh, 92 or 93, I think. Okay, see, so yeah, he was kind of in that that kind of role. Yeah, he was just like kind of supporting. I think this was his first like actual supporting role, like true supporting role. Having him be a lead along with Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler is just such a weird addition. Yes, especially back then. Like I said, this is yeah. like, you know, they're they're testing the water to see what they can get away with. But so he's working at this toy store. I think it was called Clowney's Toys. I think that was what I saw on his little apron there. I think that's what it said as well. Yeah. He's wearing this apron that looks like a candy striper. It's like pink and white stripes. I, I had flashbacks to like going to KB Toys in the South Shore Mall with my grandma picking out toys. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's awesome. I miss toy stores. Like I wish... Uh, Toys R Us was still around. Yeah. I'm still a kid at heart. What do you want from me? The Toys R Us dance. I didn't want to grow up because if I did, I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. That's right. So Chaz is moving in with Rex and Pip. Pip is played by Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler before he got fat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so this is uh, the band. Chaz is the singer and lead guitarist. Rex is the bass player. Pip's the drummer. You know... A three-person metal band, that's that's a lot of sound you have to create out of three people. Just just saying. Yeah, and I mean, jumping ahead, but their sound is almost kind of more punk. It's like it's kind of crossover. Yeah, it's like the alternative metal punk that was kind of coming out then with like, I was going to say Rob Zombie, that's not it, but it kind of fell in line with like Soundgarden or um, like the Melvins and bands like that. Kind of early Nirvana. The one song we hear from them is actually a cover of a Reagan youth song. So Yeah, that makes sense. I forgot that was a damn good call. Good shout. Yeah. yeah. Well, well done. Uh, so Pip, to make money on the side, he works as a pool cleaner. He's got his own business. Which makes no sense to me because this guy is one of the dumbest characters I've ever seen in a movie. 
yeah, like he's got this hat that says, you know, Pip's pool cleaning and he drives a van that says Pip's pool cleaning aside. And I'm just like, I bet he doesn't have an LLC. No, he's just doing everything <laughs> under the table. I guarantee. But so they, they go back to their apartment, this little shitty, I think it was a studio apartment. I think so. For three guys. There's like a couch and a bed. Yeah, that's... yeah, and a drum set in the living room. And a wall of squirt guns. Yeah. They've got like a wine rack and it's just full of toy guns. No, oh, the dream back in like 94. And Chaz tells him, you know, you missed a five fingered most of the store by now. And he's like, oh, you know, most of these were recalled because they look too real. So they couldn't sell them anyways. But at the same time, he's also got this like crash test dummy doll that he gives to Pip. He's got a stretch Armstrong up on the wall. Like, man, I want some toys now. I was, I was watching this. I'm like, man, I, mi- I really miss going to a toy store and getting some cool ass toys. I'm a grown ass <laughs> man. And I want some cool ass toys. Uh, if you come up this summer, we can go to the Funko store. Okay, deal. I'm there. So uh, Pip, or not Pip, uh, Rex fills, starts filling. He's got uh, one of those squirt guns and he starts filling it with hot sauce. And Chaz is like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, you know, pepper sauce. Spray this in somebody's eyes and they're going to be done. Some some uh, Hollywood Boulevard trash comes shimmying up the rain pipe. <laughs> and then he like squirts the stretch Armstrong. Really good aim. Yeah, right. Really good aim. Because he like did like a little tuck and duck and was like shooting from the hip and was hitting the uh, stretch Armstrong right in the eyes. Yeah, that's that's that Mr. Pink shit right there. Exactly. He knew what he was doing. So we then go to the Sons of Thunder record release party, which was, was it at the Whiskey? No, or was it somewhere else? I, I, it was somewhere on the strip. I, I don't, no, the Whiskey was later. I don't think this was the Whiskey. Okay. It doesn't, I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember if it's said or not. I can't remember either. I think they were just there. But our guys are there. Uh Ian the shark introduces Sons of Thunder and Rex is like, didn't we blow these dweebs off the stage at Shea Bang a couple weeks ago? We see Ian talking to Michael McKean from Spinal Tap. David St. Hung is himself. Uh, Ian is mixing beer and Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> God, the 90s were a wild time. <laughs> <laughs> Like he like drinks some of the Pepto Bismol and then like pours the beer in it and drinks that and then he just drinks both of bottles at the same time. <laughs> that cannot be good for your stomach or your taste buds. Yeah. Ugh. Just thinking about it makes me want to dry heave. Because Pepto Bismol tasted like candy cigarettes. Could you imagine dropping a candy cigarette in your beer? <laughs> no. No, I, I, I threw up a little bit in my mouth just now. Yeah. But the singer from Sons of Thunder thanks Ian and KPPX for putting them on the radio and basically helping them get signed. Oh, ideas emerge from this. Why'd say that so sinisterly? <laughs> hmm. I've devised a plan. <laughs> Trouble shall be afoot now. <laughs> but these guys, they're dressed like... Fuck, I don't even know what they're supposed to look like. Like, he's got like a tiki mask around his neck. They kind of look like the headbangers from WWF back in the day. Wearing skirts and random, kinda. Yeah, random shit. Minus the face paint. Yeah. 
But Rex says, look at those stupid fucking pantaloons they're wearing. Using pantaloon is always going to be funny. Yeah. And Chaz is like, that's what we got to do. And Pip says, but it looks like they're carrying a load in them pants. It did because they had the, they were puffy down below the waist. They looked like full diapers. <laughs> they were pantaloons. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pantaloon. Yeah. But Chaz is like, no, that's, you know, we got to get on the radio so then we can get solicited so we can get a record deal. What's solicited mean? Don't worry about it. <laughs> he didn't know either. Yeah. Like later in the movie, he even is like, it has to come unsolicited. And I'm like, no, no, it can't come unsolicited. <laughs> he doesn't get it. But so the next day they decide they're going to go to KPPX and just try and get someone to take their demo. And Pip is like, this is a bad idea, man. Like you remember that guy, Doper Greg, who used to blow bong hits and his iguana's face and make him watch cartoons with him. <laughs> He's like, that guy won some tickets and like they wouldn't even let him in the station. They had everything locked down. They handed him this tickets through a window with some salad tongs or something. <laughs> That's a good visual. Yeah. But Rex is just like, you know, hey, if anybody gives me any grief, I'll just put this in their face and holds up one of the squirt guns. And Pip's like, you sure about that? Because you remember that dude on hard copy, which first of all, remember hard copy? I remember hard copy. He's like, remember that dude on hard copy that had the toy gun and the cops tased him until he went bald? <laughs> and Rex is like, yeah. And then he sued him for a million bucks when his pubes didn't grow in. And Pip's like, still got no hair on his balls, man. <laughs> oh, unfortunate. People would kill for that now, I, I, I think. To not have hair on their balls? Yeah. By the way, this episode presented by Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> Manscaped. Keeping everything short. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Manscaped. No. Just, but, you know, I have, have to put that out there for legal reasons. But I do Manscaped. <laughs> I don't need to know that. Well, the audience did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but they do. So instead of just like going to the receptionist, they, they go to the back door to try to sneak in. Which makes all the sense in the world because, you know. Every time they go through the front door, they get thrown out on their asses. I guess that's true. <laughs> kind of like Norm Macdonald in Dirty Work. Yeah. <laughs> thrown in the dumpster. <laughs> thrown in the dumpster. <laughs> thrown through a window. <laughs> Just constantly landing on your face. On hard concrete. But so the door's got a lock with a like a key card and a number pad. And so Rex, Rex takes Pip's credit card. And puts it in. And he's like, all right, what's your secret code? And Pip's like, huh? I, I can't tell you that. And so he's just like, all right, come over here and put it in yourself. And Pip starts putting it in, looks over his shoulder. He's like, please don't look. <laughs> I think it was 223301. Oh, you actually looked? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was 223001. Yeah. Just in Whenever, case. Just in case. You ever get Pip's credit card? Yeah. Adam Sandler might use it if you ever find his credit card. Might as well give it a run. See what happens. <laughs> Except everything's like four digits now. And I think that was five or six. Six. Yeah. But whenever I'm out with someone and I'm like paying with my debit card, I always look at them and I'm like, please don't look. Please don't look. <laughs> but the card gets confiscated. The machine takes his card. And so Rex tries to short circuit with a soda. Just like takes the straw out of the soda and starts blowing it in. That obviously does nothing. Who are you, MacGyver? 
Yeah. And Pip's like, oh, we didn't get in. That sucks. Let's go. And Rex is like, you know, you're you're always giving up. You, you don't even wear pants anymore. You're running around the apartment in your fudgies. <laughs> and Pip's like, I do not. He says, you do too. Every time someone comes over, I got to tell, tell you to put on pants. And he's like, he's making this up. <laughs> he's so offended. I, I just, I love the way that Adam Sandler delivers that line. It was classic Adam Sandler. Yeah, totally. But so Chaz and Rex go up on the roof to try and find another way in. Pip's playing with the door and all of a sudden it swings open and blasts him in the face. I, that looked like they did, didn't did do like a cut take. It looked like they actually blasted him in the face with the door. <laughs> but this girl Susie comes out. Uh, she was coming out to have a cigarette. And so she goes and gets Pip some ice. But then she gets called back into the office. And so as the door is closing, Chaz drops his bag from the roof and it like hits the top of the door to prop it open. That was a hell of a drop. It was. And then he goes, yeah, sweetness. And I was like, sweetness? I, I used to use sweetness all the time, but I don't think I use it that much anymore. Yeah, I mean, I in 94, I definitely probably used sweetness, but I also was 11. Yeah, I was 13, so. And not like a metalhead. No, I wasn't quite a metalhead. I mean, I like metal, but I wasn't like, didn't have long hair and hung out at metal clubs because right. Aberdeen did not have metal clubs. And you were 13. And I was 13. So they're going through the studio. Uh, we see Michael McKean in there and he's talking to Michael Richards, Kramer himself. Oh, good old Michael racist Richards. <laughs> Is he still racist? Uh, man, I don't know what ever happened with that. It kind of like was a big deal for a while because everyone's like, holy shit, that dude just went crazy. Canceled. Kramer is yelling the N-word. Yeah. Multiple times. And multiple fun. times at a specific person. Exactly. Yeah, I don't... Anyway. Anyway, uh, Michael Richards asks, you know, when are you planning on telling everyone? So all of a sudden it's like, dun, 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 telling everyone what? What is happening here? David St. Huggins? So Chaz and Rex and Pip go into the booth with Ian the shark and they're just kind of standing there goof goofily. Is that a word? Sure. It is now. I'll allow it. Ian looks up and they're just like, we're a band. (laughs) Great. And they, you know, they mentioned that they broke in because they had this place sealed up like a dolphin's butthole watertight. (laughs) So Ian hits the the switch to go live and he starts basically doing this interview about, you know, like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, we just want to get our song on the radio. Michael McKean busts in, tells them they got to leave. And they're just like, like Ian's like, hey, you know, just give him a chance. And then Michael McKean calls Rex Hollywood Boulevard trash. Which sets him off. Yep. He pulls out one of the guns. He's like, I'm trash. Those things didn't even look real. No, they did not. Uh, but I mean, I guess. And plasticky looking. Yeah. But I guess, you know, in the heat of the moment. Better safe than sorry. 
Exactly. And, you know, LAPD would have assumed it was, well, any PD would have assumed it's real and shot him. So, yeah. Uh, Chaz also pulls out a gun. He says, you know, Ian, you were cool, but then this guy had to be a penis. A penis. <laughs> a penis. I love me a good penis. <laughs> like, and he also tells Michael McKean he looks like half a butt puppet. <laughs> this is where the insults get very 90s and they come fast and thick. I was like, what does that even mean? Half a butt puppet. Like not just calling someone a butt puppet, but half. 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 <laughs> so they, he starts, you know, going off about Michael McKean and Judd Nelson and Judd Nelson hears this on the radio. And he's just like, I, I knew it. I knew that guy was going to be a big fat media bomb. <laughs> oh, Judd Nelson. What have you become? But Chaz just says, you know, hey, just let us play our song on the radio before my man here ganks you. <laughs> I love Michael McKean says, let's not go ganking anyone. I think ganking has another term nowadays. Does it? I haven't used, heard it to like, you know, shoot somebody in a while. No, I haven't either. I don't think I've heard it as anything for a while. Does it mean something else now? I don't know. Maybe I'm just like. Does it mean penis in the butt? It could. <laughs> let's assume that. Let's say it is an extension of last week's episode. There's there's probably a urban dictionary that says it is. So, Hold on to the internet Google machine. <laughs> so finally they, while you look that up, I'm going to keep going. Okay. They agree to play the song, but they only have it on a reel-to-reel. And since this is the 90s and they have the you know latest equipment... They're not set up for real to real. This is back when disc jockeys were actually disc jockeys, and gank now means to take or steal something, or in a video game, use underhanded means to defeat or kill. Okay, I've definitely heard it as stealing before. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I was thinking. Okay, yeah. So it does not mean penis in the butt. <laughs> does not mean penis in the butt, especially from a Mormon. <laughs> hey, Utah. They go and they find Marcus, who I'm not sure what exactly his role at the studio is, but he works for the studio. I think he's just equipment of repair. Could be. I mean, he's just sitting there playing guitar when they come because up to him. Because he had that, like, you know, spectrometer, like, go, you know, next to him. So, you know, that's what you use to work on electronic equipment. My dad had one. Was he an electrician? Nobody did stuff with electricity a lot. In the oh, house okay. that was built in like the 1880s, so he constantly had to do shit like that. Uh, but Marcus is this black guy, and Pip tries to make friends with him. He's just like, Hey, we're down, man. Hendrix was God, and he's not having it. Uh, possibly the line from the movie I quote the most is Marcus says, Want to take a step back? You're standing on my dick. dick. <laughs> <laughs> Very good line. Very good line. Pip's like, you know, he starts asking him about Anthrax and Public Enemy working together. He's like, you catch that one, G? Don't call me G. Don't call me G. Uh, Meanwhile, Michael Richards has seen what's going on and he is just flailing his way out of the studio. Uh, I'm pretty sure the director, like, they're like, we don't want this to be a slapstick comedy. Except for Michael. You can do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) Yeah, just go full Kramer here. Yeah, just just Kramer around. 
and somehow in this very small studio, no one hears him breaking things, falling out of the ceiling, clamoring over desks. Yeah. None of it. And like, like audibly, like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ah, dude. And yeah, there's like glass breaking. There's things falling on the ceilings. Yeah, he's screaming at the top of his lungs in the air vents. You would fucking hear that anywhere. I guess in a writ, you know, they were in the booth, and the booth is usually soundproof. But they're still walking around in, like, the office when he's, like, you know, again, clamoring around because that's the best way to describe what he's doing. He's not – there's nothing subtle to anything he's doing. You know, he's trying to be covert, but he's just, like, making so much fucking noise. Yeah. <laughs> but so they set up the reel-to-reel in the booth. Chaz tells uh, Ian the shark, you know, give us a real nice intro and make sure you don't mention that we have guns to your heads. Fair. And Ian's like, okay, well, who are you guys? <laughs> Adam Sandler says, my name's Pip. No. Ian's like, the band name, the band name. He doesn't wear a helmet, does he? <laughs> Did you eat paint chips as a kid? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Coming later. <laughs> Tickle to splat. <laughs> but so he looks on the the box and it says the Lone Rangers. And he's like, that can't be right. How can you pluralize the Lone Ranger? There's three of you. You aren't exactly lone. <laughs> and I love the way Pip goes, no idea what you're saying right now. <laughs> then he starts trying to explain it to Chaz and he goes like, right over his head too. Yeah. But so they start playing the song. It plays for about five seconds and then it just suddenly speeds up and it's just like all right speed metal but no it's yeah. just <laughs> oh it's not it's... anthrax and 94 or slayer yeah no the machine just like goes crazy and it starts spitting it out and it lands in the in um an ashtray where rex was smoking until they told him he couldn't because it ruined the it ruined the equipment ironically hey and then it foreshadowing catches the reel-to-reel on fire man that sucked it was a good intro too i dug the you know, the opening drum solo and, you know, the bass. The bass line, yeah. Yeah. He, he took the bass to the park and was going for a walk. But so they're like, you know, well, the demo's ruined. What are we going to do now? And Rex just goes, run! <laughs> Smart. <laughs> and so they bail out, but there's cops waiting for him outside. Somehow they surrounded every entrance to this place in like three minutes. Oh, they were. I mean, they had to get the reel to reel and everything. They were there for a while. That's true, but still, LAPD doesn't, you know, react that quickly. <laughs> uh, this is possibly the funniest scene in the whole movie, where Pip goes out, and the the cop is, <laughs> is the cop is Dante, who is in every Happy Madison movie. Yes, that's who that guy was. That's who he was. I think Thank his you. name is Dante in Grandma's Boy. His real name's Dante, and I think he his plays... His real name is Dante, yeah. Yeah, and, he, and his name is Dante in most of the movies, right? I think so, yeah. But so Pip, you know, like, kind of takes a step, and the cop takes a step, and then Pip takes two steps, and the cop takes two steps, and Pip takes a step backwards, the cop takes a step backwards, and then Pip starts... I don't even know how to describe it, but he, like, does this kind of robot walk. Dance thing, yeah. I wish this was a video podcast right now, so you could just... You should see Taylor right now. Okay, can you do, throw this up on? Uh, we're not recording the video. Um, I was going to say, toss this up on the Instagram without sound. 
<laughs> no context. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> then the cop like reaches for his gun and Pip runs back inside. He's like, let me in, let me in. And so they go to run out the front door and there's more cops out there. And that's the, for the first time they see the receptionist who is playing a Sega Game Gear. Did you have a Game Gear? I never did. I, I don't. I never had a, a portable. Neither did I. Not until I got like you know a cell phone that could do that shit. <laughs> yeah, same here. I had Sega though, but I never got the Game Gear. Yeah, I had a Genesis. Oh, so many hours playing Mortal Kombat. But so Chaz is just like, ah, more people. Like, all right, we got we got to round up everybody. And so they take the receptionist and they grab the surfer dude out of his office, played by David Arquette. Who is now in two of our movies? Yep. One more from All-Star Status. And David Arquette is like, hey, if you guys are going to shoot somebody, shoot Michael McKean first. That guy's a bozo deluxe. That was not the only time they used Bozo in this movie either. I know they're trying to like keep the PG-13 um, rating here. I think they used Bozo for like six different people in this. Ah, that guy's a Bozo. Did you use the word Bozo in 94? I sure as fuck didn't. No. Yeah, I think this is... Uh, I wasn't a 93-year-old woman named Madge. That's true. <laughs> oh, fucking Madge. But this crowd has started gathering outside since they heard it was on the radio. And they're like supporting these guys, even though they've never heard their music. No. And it's that's yeah, I guess this is like pre like influencer. So, you know, if uh, the Kardashians or somebody was telling them to like go down there, you know, people are like, hey, this sounds cool. Let's go party. What else are we yeah. going to do? And I mean, you know, there it's rebel radio and the whole like, you know, metal group metal family kind of thing just and the metal pe- metal people are tight yeah so we see the police chief played by ernie hudson i can't believe his last name was o'malley i know right i don't know why it just didn't fit well because that's like an irish name yeah that's why it doesn't fit <laughs> uh and, and his beat cop played by chris farley there's just so many good fucking people in this movie. I'd love this some Chris Farley. They call into the studio and Michael McKean answers and he's like, they want to know what your demands are. And they're like, demands? And he's like, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but what you're doing is illegal. This is what you call a felony. <laughs> Meanwhile, Pip and Susie start flirting again. She's like, I like your hair. And, and he's bald. Yeah, Rex is kind of like, oh yeah? And, and then Pip like steps in. Yeah, he's got his head completely shaved. <laughs> And he's wearing a beanie. Yeah, you can see maybe two hairs under that thing. And they're not even a combined a 64th of an inch. (laughs) But so Ian asks Chaz, he's like, look, man, like your demo's destroyed. What what can you do here? And Chaz is just like, get the other copy of the demo. (laughs) Why didn't we think of this sooner? We see that Kayla has it on cassette, but she's in her car and she hears it and she's like, you know, oh, that asshole takes it out and throws it out the car. And she's been driving for a while, I assume, because they're like halfway through the song, it seems like. Yeah. And she's on the strip. Yeah. And, you know, even back in 94, I don't think it was easy to get up and down the strip. Yeah. 
But so Chaz comes out to talk to Officer Hudson. And all these cops just swarm him. Guns drawn. And he's just like, you know, what the hell are you doing? You told me to come out. Hudson, like, calms all the officers, tells them to put their guns down. And he's like, look, you, you got to go find the tape. He's like, okay, where do we find it? And he's like, oh, my, my girlfriend Kayla has it. He says, okay, we'll, we'll call her. And he's like, we tried that. She's she's out for the night. You're going to have to go find her. He says, okay, where do we find her? And he goes, I don't know. Check the strip. Maybe the whiskey. Smart. <laughs> yeah, cool. but that's a, that's a tall task. <laughs> a little bit. Just you know how many bit. people are on the strip on any given night? And I assume this, yeah, even if this is like a fucking Tuesday, there are bands like loaded up and down the strip. Even today, there are bands loaded up the Whiskey, the Roxy, the Rainbow, and so on. Shea Bang? I don't know if that, is that a real place? I don't know. They mentioned it earlier. That's true. I, I don't remember, recall it being one of the major band places. and I don't recall seeing it. Last time I went down uh, the strip. But meanwhile, Pip is talking to Yvonne, who is the receptionist, who is a black woman. And he's like, why don't black people like me? (laughs) And she's just like, excuse me? And he goes, you know, I I listen to a lot of rap. I really, I know how angry black people are. And I I get it. Like when you go to the store and they follow you around, like you're going to steal something. And you're like, look, I'm just shopping. And she's like, that doesn't happen to me. Does that happen to you? And he's like, Huh? What? No. Look at Chaz out there doing his thing. <laughs> he was projecting. Happy Juneteenth, by the way. Yeah. So Chaz comes back in and he says, all right, you know, I made a deal with the cops. They're going to go find the tape, but we got to send one person out. And Pip's like, I'll go. <laughs> one of the hostages. <laughs> so Pip says, you know, how about Yvonne? She, she's really nice. And... <clears throat> And Michael McKean is just like, oh, I don't see why it has to be a woman. That's pretty sexist. <laughs> so Chaz is just like, you're right. Yvonne, get your shit and go. You'll be home in time for The Simpsons. So Chris Farley goes out to find Kayla. I mean, we once again see Michael Richards just cramering through the vents. Just, yeah. How did he not get hurt? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, anyway, uh, Rex is telling Pip that he can't be making friends with these people because they're his hostages. And so he's got to really kind of, you know, firm it up and be more of a badass. And Kevin, I think it might be time for Splatterpiece Theater. All right. Do you want to play Rex or Pip? I will play Rex. Or no, you're you're the better actor. Who do you want to play? I would like to play Pip. Okay, then I will play Rex. I just feel a little goofy trying to be a badass with a water pistol. They don't know that. They think it's real. Now show me what you got. Come on. Okay. Get over there, please. Thank you. What are you, a crack baby? Give me that. I'll show you. All right. Hey, you. You shut your mouth, you bastard. I'll stab your eyeballs out and piss all over your brain. It's going to be a slaughterhouse with bodies flying through the air like dolls on fire. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Against the wall. Come on. Tough. Tough. Seriously, move it. I'm not scared, Pip. Come on. 
I'm gonna stab your heads off! With what? With what? With my dick! Yeah! Yeah! Blood's gonna come out of your head and there's gonna be nothing you can do about it! Cause I'm a madman! That's good! It kinda hurt my throat. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. We're here all week. <laughs> Tip your waitress. Try the veal. No, the veal's good. Uh, you, you will often hear me and Tony just be like, with what? With what? With my dick. With my dick! Um, outside, SWAT has showed up. And Michael Richards calls the head of the SWAT team, Mace. Got his number magically, I think. Yeah, I don't know how he... If he just called 911 and they somehow hooked him up with SWAT, if he was like, I, you know, I'm inside and they... I don't know. Anyway. Hey, pass me through. <laughs> yeah. He just talked to the head of SWAT. But he's like, you know, hey, do you know, do you have any, uh, do you have any service experience? And he's like, oh, I was in the Merchant Marines. He's like, yeah, Marines, I copy. <laughs> Michael Richards is like, I was an accountant. May says, nah, you won't be held accountable. <laughs> Obviously not paying attention. Yeah, just hearing what he wants to hear. All right, he's like, all right, this is a badass Marine. He's going to kill these fuckers. Meanwhile, the crowd has gotten bigger. There's a big-ass party going on outside. There's also a big-ass party going on inside. They're just ransacking the place, finding all these CDs and T-shirts and shit. And so uh, Chaz decides to start taking some callers. And so they answer the phone, and this these two guys are on the phone, and they're like, uh, yeah, am I on the radio? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah it's beavis and butthead mike judge doing the voices isn't there a new beavis and butthead movie coming out here shortly yeah beavis and butthead do the universe that's right <laughs> uh, paramount plus i believe right i think so yeah 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 paramount owns mtv yeah but they're just like is uh, are you the lone rangers we saw you guys at the wheel well and you suck what like why don't you make all the chicks getting naked <laughs> Uh, outside a taco truck shows up good old taco trucks in LA some of the best tacos you can ever get which I was like were taco trucks a thing in 94 had to be I mean, apparently yeah. in LA I guess yeah I mean street food is a big like you know Latin America thing so you know you have yeah. to drive everywhere in LA so I assume I don't know I'm just making shit up now <laughs> I don't know. But Mace starts venting to Michael Richards about his wife. <laughs> he says, you know, I dropped my undies on the floor one time with a teeny, teeny little skid mark. You would have thought I started World War Nine. Where are the other seven world wars at? <laughs> I was like, nine? <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> Chaz and Ian are talking about music. And uh, they're bonding. They're finding their groove together. Yeah, but Ian's telling him, you know, I listen to mostly classic rock. And Chaz is just like, I've had this classic rock shit shoved down my throat for years. Do you think I give a shit about the Beatles? Fair take. Which, by the way, my hot take on music, Beatles are the most overrated band of all time. I have to say, they produce so much music. And, like, they were only active for, like, four or five years, really. Now, now, granted, I'm not saying the Beatles are bad. I'm just saying they're the most overrated. Yeah, they played pretty much the same song in different formats. Yeah. 
like the Beatles were fine, but Beatlemania was they were like ridiculous. Who is a good pop person nowadays? I don't listen to any music. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, BTS. It, yeah, they were like whatever you said now then. Yeah, yeah, but Ian's just like you know. Uh, he says, you know, today's music doesn't really have much to say. And Chaz is like, you're telling me Purple Haze has something to say? Fair point. Fair, fair point. I mean, you know, Jimi Hendrix is talking about getting stoned. I guess that's like, you know, a message. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a message. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rex comes across a whole crate of Kenny GCDs in Michael McKean's office. And Ian is just like, a crate? You don't even listen to music. What are you doing with a crate of CDs? He was just feeling the love tonight. Bam. Now the, my one Kenny G reference. <laughs> Wait, is that Kenny G? I think so. <laughs> Have you heard Mike Birbiglia's bit about Kenny G? Oh my God, it's been forever. <laughs> when he's just like, you think Kenny G is just like, hey, check out this song I just wrote. No, 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 Kenny, that song's terrible. Okay, I know that song's terrible, but how about this one? No, 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 no. Kenny, that's the same song. <laughs> Soprano sax playing motherfucker. Play a real saxophone, not a glorified clarinet. Seattle Seattle does not claim him. No. When they talk about Seattle music, Kenny G is not a name that comes up. No, we'll take anybody else but <laughs> Kenny G. He he's from Bellevue. Yeah. Bellevue? Yeah, Bellevue. Yeah. East side. <laughs> Chris Farley goes to the whiskey and he's like, hmm, a blonde wearing something tight and black. And what do we see? The line around the block filled with dudes with long hair and blondes wearing something tight and black. Oh, 94, where the hair is big and the tits were bigger. <laughs> On Hollywood Boulevard, especially. Yeah, especially there. But so he goes inside and White Zombie is playing. Fuck yeah. It, uh, it was a, an original song for this movie, too. Oh, was it? It was. Was it called Hey Yeah? No, it's called Feed the Gods. <laughs> because it seemed like every other word was Hey Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Which is like just... I think Rob Zombie just... I don't know what to put here. How about Hey Yeah? That sounds good. Hey Yeah! <laughs> what else does this lyrics have? Uh, hey Yeah? <laughs> All right then. Just It says Hey Yeah, something, something, something. Hey Yeah. That's all I got so far. Well, you don't need anything in the middle. Just, like, mumble. All right. Just say something about witches and dragons. and Not dragons. He doesn't sing about dragons. No. He sings about witches a lot, though. But he does sing about witches a lot. Yeah. And burning them. Which, you know, my family can, you know, get around. And ditches and digging Digi. them. And yeah. And driving a fast car that is, like, a basically modded out hearse. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Officer Farley... Gets moshed. Just gets tossed around the mosh pit. I'm proud of him for staying on his feet because I would have went down. Yeah. I have terrible balance. 
Although I think he was kind of being held up. It's true. Somebody would catch him and push him again. Back at the studio, we find out that KPPX is being rebranded to uh, Classic Rock Station. No, not Classic Rock. Uh, easy no. Listening. Very Easy Listening. Uh, called The Rain. Yeah, The Rebel to The Rain. Relax to the mellow sounds of The Rain. I listen to Rain when I go to sleep. You know. Yeah, so do we. We use the Rain, rain Sound uh, option on the, the Google. That's what we do as well. Hey. Hey. It's nice. It reminds me of home. Because it never fucking rains down here. <laughs> and we're in a super uber mega drought. That's fun. Yeah, it's great. But he also says that, you know, they're, they're going to be forced to restaff. And so Ian is just like, you're firing me? And so he just like tackles Michael McKean and all of Rex is like, fight! <laughs> like you're he's so a sixth excited. grader or something. Well, you know, metalheads are practically sixth graders mentally. Officer Farley just goes up to the bar at the whiskey and Kayla just happens to be sitting right there. What a co-winky dink. <laughs> he's just like, you're Kayla! And she's like, holy shit, should I mace you? Wait, there's no such thing as mace really yet. But so he's telling her, you know, I need to take you to the, the radio station. We need your help. You have this tape. And these guys out on, in the mosh pit see him keep like, you know, grabbing her and talking to her. And they think that he's assaulting her, basically being an, uh, you know, over uh, over enthusiastic flirter. Yeah, he's just like flashing the badge like, hey, you're hot. I'm a cop. Let's do some stuff. Yeah, so I can't totally fault these guys. They're no. kind of being the the good guys here. Right, exactly. It's like, hey, they're doing the right thing here. Because from across the, you know, Rob Zombie playing bar, it looks like, you know, he's about to kidnap Kayla. Yeah, but so this guy grabs him and just says, you know, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you find somebody else? Takes his badge and like bites it. <laughs> he's like, what are you going to do about that? Chris Farley grabs his nipple ring and goes, <laughs> he goes, improvise and just rips his nipple ring out. Oh God. It's like, I don't have my nipples pierced, but I feel the pain. <laughs> I just imagine that guy is like wetting himself on the ground to this day. Still, he's in so much pain. Uh, we, we see Mace still venting about his wife. Talk about and a he, cool boy. Talking about her banging a pool cleaner. He's hey. like, you know, I, I, I could understand if it was, you know, whatever, but but a damn pool cleaner. Meanwhile, Kayla goes and finds the tape. Uh, it's on the side of the road. We saw it getting like crushed under a bouncing car, like a car with big shocks was yeah. bouncing on it. Low rider. Some kids like kicked it in the gutter. A dog was peeing on it. This, this tape has gone through hell and then some. You know, a yeah. typical night on the strip. <laughs> yeah. I assume that's what happens. I've never had that happen to me. But, you know, there are some homeless people that smell like urine on the strip. <laughs> so they tie up Michael McKean and they start making their list of demands. And they've got, you know, obviously airplay, 67 copies of Moby Dick. You got to sound crazy. The, the, the movie or the book? <laughs> there was a book? Yeah, get the book. And yeah, they tell Chaz, you know, we're going to ask for a bunch of crazy, a bunch of weird stuff so that we can plead insanity later. Number 13, naked pictures of B. Arthur. 
But I love David Arquette's like, you guys are crazy. You're all like, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking David Arquette. You'd be a David Arquette. And to this day, when somebody asks me something and I want to throw him off guard, I'll be like, naked pictures of B. Arthur. <laughs> yeah, they asked for naked pictures of B. Arthur, a football helmet filled with cottage cheese, a giant baby bottle. And then, of course, you know, new equipment, new bass, new PRS guitar with a dragon inlay. Yeah, that's exactly what you know, you'd want in 94. Because dragons are fucking cool. <laughs> Dude, I love, oh, PRSs, though. Paul Reed Smith guitars. Yeah. So nice. I love the Falling Bird inlay myself, but. Hey, I was a Gibson guy, you know. I wish I still had my Gibson. But then Rex also says, and we want a record contract. And Chaz is just like, what the hell are you doing, man? He's like, that's not what you do. You don't just demand one from the cops. This is when he says it has to come unsolicited. Right. And it's like, no, you're using that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But meanwhile, Pip and Susie are in Michael McKean's office. She's like, what are you thinking about, Pip? He says, swimming pools. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, she's like, she's clearly down to fuck. Yeah, she wants that Pip dick. Which is a weird thing. Why did I say it like that? <laughs> but he's just like staring off into space. And he's just like, the water's all clear and crisp. And you spin around in there like an egg. egg. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, we see Mace gets a dossier on Chaz. Finds out his real name is Chester Ogilvie. God, such a nerd name. Yeah, and he gets his high school yearbook photo, and he's he's a nerd. He's wearing a tuxedo for his fucking senior picture. <laughs> a fucking t- no one else on that page is wearing a goddamn tux, but he is. Yeah, exactly. We see Pip and Susie start banging, and she's like, she's on top of him, she's riding him, and she's just like smushing his face. <laughs> <laughs> I love the songs playing in the background. It's my favorite. It's the only Primal Scream song I know, or only Primal Scream song worth a damn is rocks such a catchy song but i love you you can just barely hear pip go help help i miss that i miss <laughs> say help she's, she's just like pushing his face around like play-doh and he's just like help help but so the swat team tows pip's van away and mace is like did you find anything in there guns or bombs or anything and they're like no just a bunch of pool cleaning gear He's on pool cleaning gear. Because there's only one pool cleaner in all of Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) But so at this point, he wants to give Michael Richards a gun. Makes sense because you want a guy like that with a gun. Yeah. It's America. Fuck it. What's the worst that can happen? You shoot a bunch of kids. Uh, I'm going to keep. I'm just going to move on. Uh, Yeah. Might as well. Sorry. Ian goes live on the radio and he announces tomorrow KPPX goes soft. So tonight we're having a big ass party. Everyone come down to the station. Makes sense. And so now we're going to play a little, little game. We call it get to know your informed assailant. (laughs) And so he says, all right, Chaz, we know you want to be heard. This is your chance. What do you want to say? He goes, well, I guess all I have to say is that we want to be heard. We already established that. Yeah, Rex is like, you want him to give a speech? What does he look like, Sting? (laughs) Do you want to talk about children of Africa or what? (laughs) African child? Yeah. Inside of me? (laughs) 
So Ian says, all right, you sold out Madison Square Garden. What are you going to say? Rock and roll! Makes sense. There you go. McCain's like, that's it? You're just going to scream rock and roll. You're going to go to jail for that. People have gone to jail for less. So Kayla shows up at the station as we see Michael Richards getting his gun, which is not like they don't give him like a pistol. Maybe like a fucking Uzi or something. Not an Uzi, but like... I don't, it's, it's some kind of automatic gun. Yeah, I don't know my guns because me you know, neither. I'm not, I'm not a psychopath, so um, yeah, it's like one of the ones you see, like bad guy, like Russians carrying in movies that have like it almost no- like it almost looks like a Tommy gun. <laughs> yeah, it almost looks like a Tommy gun. It's like it's kind of Uzi-ish, but without like the the nozzle barrel thing. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's you you you've seen the gun before. I don't know yeah. what it is. Right. Uh, we see Michael McKean rolling in his little wheelchair or not, not a wheelchair, but you know, a, a like an office chair. Yeah. He's rolling down the hall. Cause he said he needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, uh, David Arquette says, what are you doing? You little butt nut. <laughs> butt nut. Butt nut. Uh, he goes into his office, catches Pip and Susie starts yelling about his $1,400 couch. Makes sense. Rex is like, Pip, put the monster away. <laughs> oh, how like in shape and tan Adam Sandler was back in the day. <laughs> I just like remember just like looking like hot, like, well, not hot damn, like, God damn. Adam Sandler was once upon a time in shape. Unlike basically every other movie he does, because he's not in shape for anything else from here on. Yeah, out. not really. No. But so uh, suddenly the power goes out. They uh, they put they put McKean in a closet. He's like, no, please, my aunt was buried alive. <laughs> How would he get anything from that? Like, anyway. Yeah, that's not hereditary. <laughs> no, it's not passed down via genetics. <laughs> but so suddenly someone's at the front door and it's a A&R man from Capitol Records played by the late, great Harold Ramis. I'm glad they got him in this movie just for a little bit because Harold Ramis... Should have been in more shit. Yeah, man. Egon Spengler himself. With Ernie Hudson. Hey, now. That's right. But so he says, you know, look at this buzz. You guys are the hottest thing since Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Marky Mark fucking sucks. (laughs) Forget Marky Mark. So like, all right. Which side did you take in the big David Lee Roth versus Van Halen split? He thinks about it and he's like, Van Halen. He's a cop. (laughs) And he's like, well, they sold a lot of records after that. Like, like, all right. Van Hagar sucked. Yeah. So he said, all right, we'll try again. Who would win in a wrestling match? Lemmy or God? And he's like, Lemmy, wrong. God, trick question. Lemmy is God. (laughs) That's right. Do yourselves a favor. After you get done listening to this, go listen to some Motorhead. Fucking A. So Chaz goes out to talk to Officer Hudson, yells at him to put the power back on. When Hudson tells him he can't do it, Chaz gets the crowd all riled up. Says, they got the guns, we got the numbers! And then gets everyone to start chanting, Rodney King! King. Rodney Rodney King. King! And Marcus is like, Rodney King? What's that supposed to mean? This is like a year or two after Rodney King, right? Like Rodney King happened in 92, I believe. That sounds right. 
was, oh shit, he died. Um, 91, March 3rd, 1991. Still. Okay. Yeah, this was probably filmed in 93, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was like basically a year or two right after this happened. But still, this is a white man yelling Rodney King. Truth. To a bunch of metalheads. Marcus, the black guy, is like, what's that supposed to mean? And Pip goes, oh, he was that guy. And everybody's like waiting for him to continue. And they linger on this shot for a few more seconds. You're like, and? Yeah, like Marcus and Yvonne, or no, I guess Yvonne was gone. It was just Marcus yeah. was like looking at him like, are, are you fucking dumb? Like, <laughs> Do we paint chips or something? Did you live under power lines when you were a kid? No, why? <laughs> but so they, they turn the power back on. Uh, Kayla comes running out and Mace stops her. And he's like, starts calling Chaz Chester. And she's like, why do you, why does he keep calling you that? He says, why don't you go ahead and tell, tell her Chester? Like, this is going to be like a big revelation to ruin everything. Which weirdly it is for a short time. Right. He's just, he's just like, you know, I, I was like, my real name's Chester. I was a geek in high school. I played Dungeons and Dragons. I ate my own boogers. And the crowd is just like, oh, oh. oh. But then some guy in the crowd is just like, I played D&D too. And then fucking Lemmy himself is like, I was editor of the school magazine. You're like, fuck yeah, Lemmy. (laughs) Some guy's like, I used to wear corduroy pants. And who was that guy? The writer of this film. Oh, was it? It was. It was Mike Wilkes himself, not former Sonic Mike Wilkes. (laughs) Another guy's like, I used to masturbate. Constantly. And then his friends beat him up because, you know, that's what you did to masturbators back in the 90s, I guess. And that guy was stuttering John. Holy shit, you're right. <laughs> but so everyone gets back behind Chaz. Kayla knees Mason the balls. And he deserved that. Yeah. They go running inside. She gives him the tape and it's just destroyed. Like, literally, you can see half of it is missing. Right. Right. But so, you know, Rex says maybe he can fix it. And... um. Rex and Kayla start bickering. And so Chaz is just like, look, Kayla, I got a lot of shit on my mind. I don't need your bullshit too. So she slaps him and he's just like, yeah, you're done. Yeah. She got him good too. It's like, oh, yeah. he, he was bleeding in the next couple of scenes. Yeah. He almost mouth. went down. Like she fucking went off on him. I was like, was that a real slap? Did she just go off and just like cold cock Brendan Fraser for the shot? Did she Stephanie McMahon him? She did not hold back. But Chaz goes to throw her out. She says, I am a part of this. You wrote that song for me. And bringing it back, he says, I wrote that song before I even met you. Damn. So she takes a chair and throws it through the window and it lands on the soundboard and just destroys it. Starts sparking. It just goes up hard. And so she's like, Tell me you love me. And he says, here I am holding a gun to a guy's head just so the whole world can hear your song. If that's not love, I don't know what is. Touche. And she's like, you know, say it. So he's like, all right, I love you. And I'm like, this is a toxic relationship. This is not going anywhere. (laughs) This is not healthy. No. If you've ever been in a toxic relationship, you know how this ends. Yeah. Uh, Outside, we see they're... The cops are starting to get all their weird shit. We see Farley filling a football helmet with cottage cheese. 
we see somebody bring up the giant baby bottle. Well, did they get the naked pictures of B. Arthur? They did. I hope so. And I hope they enjoyed them. We see Michael McKean locked in the closet and he's like licking the door handle to get it open. This was such disturbing ADR. It Dude, was just gross sounding. It so is. It's just like... <laughs> and I'm like, no, knock it off. Stop it. Um, I'm going to just take that clip of you doing that and I'm going to loop it and just like put it out as an ASMR. <laughs> I hope somebody gets off tonight. <laughs> but I was watching it. I'm just like, he's going to get COVID. Or at the very least, he's picking up something. Yeah, really. Um, But so Rex goes out to get all the weird shit that they've piled up in front of the station. He's just like, hey, everybody, we're partying in here. We got all kinds of beer. <laughs> and this is before everybody had all kinds of beer. There was basically Budweiser. There was Miller. There was like Schlitz. <laughs> oh, Schlitz. Rainier. As he shuts the door, his gun gets caught in the door and breaks. And so Marcus is just like, oh, hell oh, no. no. <laughs> Punches him right in the face. Down he goes. Him and David Arquette both run out the front door. David Arquette runs all the way to the crowd. Marcus is like, it's a bullshit gun. Cops grab Marcus, put a gun to his head, slam him up against the van. Why? Because he's Cause black. He's black. <laughs> and, it, you know, this is par for the course for LAPD for basically forever. Like, zoot suit riots back in the 70s and all that bullshit. Fuck the LAPD. Yep. Anyway. And, I mean, Marcus isn't even phased by it. No, he's like, nah. He's like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, it's not the first time it happened. But he says, you know, it's a plastic gun. It's a plastic gun. So SWAT starts moving in. Suddenly, Michael Richards sticks his arm out of one of the vents. And he's just like, all right, nobody move. This looks so uncomfortable. Yeah, really. It's such a weird angle. It's like it doesn't even look like it should be his arm hanging from there. Probably wasn't. Yeah, probably wasn't. because He's like three feet above this. Yeah, his arm would have to be like four feet long. Yeah, and it's like angled right under the thing, and his head is like three feet above the end of the uh, the tube or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, uh, but Ian hits his arm with the giant baby bottle, knocks the gun out of his hand. It goes off. So SWAT backs away. They're like, oh, it's a real gun. It's a real gun. The black guy lied to us. <laughs> oh, man, that could have gone badly. But Ian picks up the gun. Chaz, like, puts his hands up. And Ian just shakes his head and gives Chaz the gun. It's like, I don't want this fucking thing. You're the stick-up artist here. Yeah, he's like, I'm on your side. Yeah. This is fucking rock and roll now. But so Chaz uh, calls Ernie Hudson. And he's like, you know, what What the hell are you doing? Sending guys in the ceiling. And, of course, Ernie Hudson is like, I don't know anything about a man in the ceiling. But then Judd Nelson shows up. He looks such a, he looks, I'm sorry, but I just cannot get over how much of a douche Judd Nelson looks like in this movie. And the fact that he keeps saying super duper. Yeah. Stop it. No one said super duper in 94. <laughs> but so they let him in and uh, he walks past Pip, who's looking at some photos. And he's like, B. Arthur? Outstanding. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> 
But so Michael McKean offers to negotiate on their behalf uh, for the record contract. He's like, look, I know you guys think I'm a real dick cheese burger or whatever. <laughs> and I just got a bad visual when he said that. I'm just like, oh, that's a bad STI. <laughs> uh, it's better than Cracker Dick. That's true. <laughs> but he says, you know, I'll, I'll negotiate on your behalf for 10%. And Susie is like, you know, he's right. These things can be tricky. My boyfriend Parker or my ex-boyfriend Parker was a model. And one time they stole his shoes. <laughs> and they just kind of kept waiting for her to say more. And just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not even remotely close. Uh, but they agree to let him negotiate, but for 5%. Suddenly at the front door, David Arquette is back and he wants back in. It's a party, man. He's like, I was having a ball in there, man. And they're like, no, nah, go go piss off. Fuck off. <laughs> but so they're trying to fix the board or find some way to play this song on the radio. We see Chaz shooting hot sauce on his burrito out of his Uzi. You know, I, I went and got like one of those like cheap like 50 cent um, squirt guns and put some hot sauce in it so I could squirt it on my burrito as I like, you know, walked around sometimes. It, it the vinegar and the acid from hot sauce absorbs that plasticky aroma and oh, no. taste, and it ruined my burrito. Oh no! And you, both of us are hot sauce fanatics, so yeah, you you know how upsetting that was. Oh, I can only imagine how bad that was. Oh, like I'm, I have some frozen burritos in there freezer and i don't know if i'm gonna be able to touch him now <laughs> i'm having flashbacks <laughs> ian tells chaz that look the, the board's fried i've done everything i can it's just it's not fixable right at that moment michael mckean and judd nelson come in say the contract is done Woo! so chaz excitedly signs it as he's, he's hugging Susie to celebrate pip walks in and he's like what's uh what's going on here and they're like, oh, we, we got a record contract. And he's like, oh, the, but I didn't even put this thing in. And he's got this tape deck. He's like, I didn't even put this in. Wait a second. Chaz is like, wait, so you haven't even heard the song. And he's like, oh, I, I heard it on the radio earlier. You heard he says, you heard it for about five seconds and then it got eight. And I'm like, grammar. <laughs> but so Chaz says, you know, deals off. And they're like, well, we got a contract. So he's like, here, let me show you what I think of this contract. Puts it down the back of his pants. And Ian's like, and he wipes his ass with the record contract. I love this guy. <laughs> but Judd tells him, look, you know, I don't need to hear the song. Doesn't matter. You're already a star. And ever since you've signed that, you've been under the Palatine umbrella. So our army of lawyers is at your beck and call. He tells him rock stars don't go to jail. Vince Neal only did 30 days and he killed somebody. Vince Neal fucking had like a 0.30 um, blood alcohol. BAC. Yeah, BAC when he, when he killed somebody. And he did 30 days in jail. So, I mean, he's got a point. Yeah. You can do some fucked up shit, but if you're rich and famous, you don't really pay for it. Welcome to America. <laughs> Home of the free. If you pay for it. Anyway, so Judd Nelson calls the cops and he's like, "These, why did you send me in here with these lunatics? They have more demands. And so they fly in a completely prefab stage. That was just ready to go. 
Yeah, I'm just like, is this really easier than building one? <laughs> Apparently. Well, they had to get the most for their $11.2 million budget here. <laughs> is that all the budget was? Yeah. You, like, all these guys were like, this is, like, pre-famous for basically everybody, but, like, Ernie Hudson and Judd Nelson and Michael McKean. Everybody else is just, like, you know, bit players for the most part. That's wild. Yeah, like you do this today, and this is like a $75 million movie at least. Yeah, but we see Kurt Loder from MTV News talking about, you know, they're, they're going to do this show for the Lone Rangers. And he's like, wait, cut. That can't be right. You can't pluralize the Lone Ranger. <laughs> Pip comes out dressed as the Lone Ranger, and he's like, I feel kind of goofy. <laughs> <laughs> he looked goofy. Uh, they go out on stage and there's just a massive crowd and they're going to shoot a video is the whole plan here. And if it's too expensive, get the guy who did Guns N' Roses. <laughs> they're like, if you, if you can't get him, get John Landis. <laughs> Landis is the fallback? What had Landis done by 94? Because that's going to be fucking expensive because Landis was like a motherfucking household name by then. Yeah. Many times over. The dude ran the 80s. American Werewolf in London? Yeah. Animal House? Animal. There's so much. The Twilight Zone. The Blues Brothers. Weird Science. Come on now. Landis did Weird Science? Uh, The TV series, apparently. He did the Michael Jackson Thriller video. Yeah, Thriller. Spies Like Us. Three Amigos. Coming to America. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Okay, let's take that one off. (laughs) But okay, so here's my question. Um, They're going to shoot this video, and they they go to play the song, and there's no juice. Right. And Judd Nelson tells him, you know, this is the way it's done. We'll just add it in post. Right. He's like, we'll we'll play the song, and you'll you'll just, you know, lip sync along with it. And I'm like... How do they have the song? The whole problem was they couldn't play the song on the radio because they didn't have a copy of the song. And and yet now they're going to play the song for them to lip sync to. Right. Maybe Rex did fix it, potentially. I mean, maybe. Because when they first flew in the the stage, I was like, oh, they're just going to play it live. Right. But the, then they're like, no, we're doing a video. And I'm like, why are we, why are they doing a video? That doesn't make any sense. With the like $90,000 of fucking Marshall stacks behind them, you know, it looks like it's ready to go and play a live rock concert. Yeah, I, I didn't understand why they didn't just play it live. But anyway, they refuse to lip sync. Chaz tells them, you know, obviously you don't care what the song is. For all you care, our record could be Pip farting on a snare drum. And Pip's like, I ain't farting on no snare drum. It's insulting. And so Judd Nelson tells him, you know, look, just shut your mouth and do what you're told or no deal. Ooh. And so they start playing the song and Chaz just like drops the guitar behind him and puts his hands in the air. Right as the guitar comes in. And everybody fucking loves it. Yeah, which is weird because you would think the crowd is like, what's going on? I would be like, okay, what's happening here? I thought we're going to hear a live show. Yeah, like, does the crowd know they're in a video? I don't know. This whole scene is a little... I think they could have... This could have been tightened up. Yeah, I mean, the movie is only 92 minutes. We could have added another minute and a half, 90 seconds to, like, you know... Let's get a little exposition here, because 
you know, we need a little exposition here. Yeah, because I have questions. <laughs> Ian rushes the stage and grabs the microphone, which does have power somehow. For some reason. I don't understand it. Again, that was another thing I was confused by. Yeah. We need to, like, let's redo this, like, four minutes of the movie somehow. We've got enough CGI. We can do this. I feel like Mike Wilkes kind of phoned in this last scene. <laughs> He's like, fuck it. I'm going to go write triple X. <laughs> but he... Ian uh, tells the crowd, you know, come to the stage. Everybody come to the stage. So this whole massive crowd just bum rushes the stage. They're running past Chris Farley and he's like, holy shit. And I was just expecting him to go, holy (laughs) shnikes. Me too. Ernie Hudson's like, just let him go. This, This is over. And then I love they all start smashing their instruments, but it's it's clear that the $11.2 million only covered one PRS guitar. And I was just looking up PRS guitars, and I think that one um, that one now goes for about $12,000. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Fraser is clearly trying to make it look like he's trying to smash it while trying not to smash it. Yeah, he's like swinging and then holding back. Yeah. And he's, he's holding it like you would hold like an axe. Right. So, so like you got a good firm grip, so it doesn't accidentally slip and fall. But then at the very end, he finally smashes it. Right. I'm hoping that actually wasn't a PRS because you know. Yeah. Hoping that was a fake or something. I hope so. Pip smashes all his drums. They look out into the crowd and they're like, "They dig our song," and I'm like, "Dude, at this point, it could be Pip farting on a snare drum, and they would still be going crazy." Exactly. So they stage dive. From the top of a fucking building. That was like a 20-foot fall. I, I Maybe 10. I don't know if it was 20. I, I, I'm thinking, you know, with the stage, that's... Eh, you're probably right. But they still, were in the parking lot. They weren't on the roof. I thought they were on the roof, and they jumped from the roof down onto the parking lot. No. The, the oh. stage was in the parking lot. Oh, okay. That makes it better. Yeah. But so they're crowd surfing along. Cut to the Lone Rangers live and in prison. Do you think they're at Folsom? I I hope so. It can't, it, I don't know. It gave me Folsom vibes. Well, yeah, I think that was the idea. Yeah, that's true. But so they're playing this song, which, like I said, is, is a song by Reagan Youth called Degenerated. Good catchy song. song. Very catchy song. They're playing in front of all these other inmates. Rex starts like puts his bass in his crotch, you know, and starts like air humping. And Pip's just like, Rex, what are you doing, man? He's like, what? And he looks into the audience and he looks out and it's just all these convicts. And he just like goes back to play. He's like, oh, oh, I'm going to get raped. (laughs) We see that Ian the shark is their manager now. Uh, And then text scrolls across the screen and it says the Lone Ranger served three months for kidnapping, theft, and assault with hot pepper sauce. Makes live in, Their album, Live in Prison, went triple platinum. Yeah, and they said uh, that, you know, they, in those three months that they could start touring. And I always like to think that the Lone Rangers opened for Wild Stallions. I don't know why, <laughs> but ever since I was a kid, that's what I assumed was going to happen next. Because <laughs> you have to kind of pay your dues on, like, the arena circuit. You know, Motley Crue opened for Bon Jovi and Ozzy for a couple tours before they headlined. It's true. I don't know why I use Motley Crue, but, you know, they're one of my favorite bands, so that's probably why. But anyway. 
anyway, uh, that's it. That's the end of the movie. Uh, I love this movie. This movie's fucking hilarious. It's uh, awesome. Lynn was watching it. She was cracking up, and she usually hates my movies. So, yeah, Joanna came in and she's like, "I should have watched this with you. I've always wanted to watch that. She's never seen it before." Now you got an excuse to watch it again. Exactly, and the fucking soundtrack is killer. It has Lemmy with a um, original um, that's performed by him and Ice T. Um, has Van Halen. It has White Zombie. It has Four Non Blondes. Has Primus, Anthrax, Candlebox, The Ramones. It's yeah. Is that is that Sons of Thunder band? Is that somebody? It, Are they a real band? Oh god, what the? I saw this. It is Gal- the Galactic Cowboys. Um, they were never. They, I think I saw them on VH1 late at night a couple times, and that's it. So is that a real song? Um, they wrote it for the movie. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, all, all we ever hear is, don't hate me. Because I'm beautiful. Do, 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 do. No, that's a different oh. song. Oh, my bad. <laughs> and then the, the opening line, which is, uh, let's see if I can remember it. Uh, your lips are full. Your head is empty. This faded Valentine is what you sent me. That is terrible. Terrible that is, lyrics. That is so fucking bad. Um, yeah, I'm I'm like I'm not super surprised that the critic score is low. I'm never really surprised by how low a critic score is. I'm usually more surprised how high a critic score is. Yeah, there. Oh shit. Um, I saw that all five um, Final Destination movies were on um, HBO Go while I was looking for this. And do you know what um, the score is for number five? I thought it was gonna be lower. It's fucking 62%. 62. It is surprisingly fresh. Wait, the first one is rotten. And the fifth one is not. And the first one is the best one. By far. These movies progressively get worse as they go along. Although I think I like three better than I like two. Final Destination has future Cult of Splat all-star Devin Sawa in it. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming there. We love you, Devin Sawa. I'm curious who's going to be the first all-star. Shit, I think we leave a lot hanging at two. I mean, David Arquette's right, right there. Anthony LaPaglia's right there. Uh, I mean, we've got a couple John Candy movies coming up. up. Yeah, Summer of Slap here starting real soon. Dan Aykroyd's going to be right there. Jim There's, Carrey is going to be right there. I yeah, mean, Jim, we only have done one so far, but we got a lot of Jim Carrey on our there list. There is a lot of Jim Carrey coming, people. <laughs> Like I said, it's just it all kind of depends on what order we go in. And so I'm curious to see who's going to be our first all-star and our first Hall of Famer. Yeah, because we usually choose these movies a week or two in advance. We literally have a list of like 200 something. We have yeah. I was doing it. We have like 4.78 years of podcasts to do for people. <laughs> currently, currently there are new movies coming out every week. So this list could grow. We could be doing this for a little while. That's right. So if if you enjoy this, if you want to hear more, if you want us to keep going for 4.7 years, make sure to tell your friends. And have them tell two friends. Let's get more listeners. And uh, and go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Say whatever you want. Uh, you know, say that the Lone Rangers are your favorite band. Say that you're going to stab us with your dick. Uh, say that you've sat next to the Lemmy statue at the Rainbow. Sure. Even if it's not true, I don't care. Yeah. 
because we fucking love Lenny. Tell us you were editor of your school magazine. Yeah. And if you actually were, we'll give you a shout out next episode if you can prove it. Sure. Yeah. Tell us Tell us you used to masturbate constantly. I still masturbate constantly. <laughs> Didn't need to know that either. Well, you're getting a lot of information, people. <laughs> Also, make sure you follow us on social media at Cult of Splat on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Taylor Bartle, and you can follow Kevin at the Kevin or the Kevin is not just Kevin Escoda at Twitter. I'm fading fast, guys. I'm sorry. I'm a little <laughs> sick here. Um, and Nescoda uh, D U H on the Instagram. There you have it. Go there. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, unless you don't like it, in which case I don't give a shit. I'm going to block you. If you if you talk shit, I'm going to block you right away. I'm going to tell you that right now. So yeah. We don't want to hear your negativity. We're having yeah. fun. Don't ruin our fun. That's right. And if you want to have fun, if you want to hang out with us, go talk to us on Twitter. We'll talk back, I promise. We will. Uh, let's, let's get some engagement going. And we will be back next week. As Kevin said, we're going to be doing our first ever summer of splat. Uh, all July, we're going to have a series of all summer movies. So that should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Going to get out in the sun, get to the beach, do a little uh, little drinking, little uh, party in summer style. All right. You coming down to Malibu for this? It's 30 minutes away. In, in my mind, I am. Okay. Good enough. <laughs> We'll get you an inflatable uh, palm tree to put in the background. (laughs) There we go. So until then, uh, thank you for hanging out. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye.